What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye, here chatting with incredible individuals with unique stories to tell. And today, we have a very special episode. If you've been with us for this full year, you know this name very well. She was our first ever guest on the show, and she is back to tell Quite honestly, quite a year it's been for her. I'm, of course, talking about the one and only, the ever-talented Kinsey Grant. Kinsey has had an incredible past year. So much has happened. She's created her own media company called Thinking is Cool. She's hosting a weekly podcast talking about things that we definitely should start talking about more often. Topics that definitely get your mind thinking a little bit more than what we've maybe traditionally do and how we're consuming different types of topics nowadays. It's definitely going to make your mind grow. It's definitely going to get your brain moving a bit more. But I wanted to bring back Kinsey because, well, she's amazing. But I wanted to bring her back to share a little bit more about this journey that she's gone on in the past year. Because obviously so much can change, right, in, in 52 weeks. So here to come back, share some more about her story we have Kinsey. So without further ado, please enjoy the one and only Kinsey Grant. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. All right, everybody. On this week's episode, we are welcoming back an old friend, an incredibly talented individual, and one of the coolest people that I know. She has started her own media company, Thinking is Cool, where she hosts weekly podcasts, writes newsletters, and blog posts about today's hot topics and what people are thinking about. I'm, of course, talking about the great Kinsey Grant. She's back for round two on Normal Guy Lazy Eye. Kinsey, how the heck are you? I am so great. Thank you so much for that kind and generous introduction. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be back here. We're excited to have you. And like I said, before we we hit record, you probably are the, the, it's been a year, obviously, but it's been a crazy year. It's been one wild year, but no one has taken the leaps and bounds that you have in the past 52 weeks. So we're here to talk about totally different things than we did (laughs) last year, right? So I'm super excited to dive in. The first thing that I want to ask you, though, because we're caught off of a Monday night and it is I know how big of a fan you are. What the heck? This is OK. So we're recording this on August 3rd. The The season finale will have premiered when this airs. But what was your reaction to the second to last episode of The Bachelorette? I have a horrendous admission to make <laughs> i have not oh, watched this season oh i feel God. so guilty i know i'll just edit I know, all I know. this out I'll just no this i out. have to own it i'm terrible i'm a terrible bachelor fan it's something i have always cared really deeply about but to be completely honest with you i moved and i don't have cable okay. and i just have not there i haven't watched it on hulu services that you i know i'm terrible i'm terrible Roku i has a free I'm, abc account yeah, I think that I'll I'll probably try to catch up at some point. But here's the thing: I do, I am still on like Bachelor and Bachelorette TikTok, so okay. I know what happened. Okay. Kind of the bare bones of what yeah. happened right, recently on this recent episode. Yeah, I yeah. know that I'm supposed to like Greg, mm. uh, but like something blew up. I mm. don't know. Um, so I I know kind of loosely what's going on, but I haven't watched every episode. I'm terrible. It's okay. It's I'll <sighs> forgive you. I know you've been busy. I know it's it's crazy, but. I mean, I'm most excited. Like, I was really looking forward to Katie's season. And I mean, I feel like this has kind of been a recent theme on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. It kind of did not live up to the expectations. Yeah, it's been tough to be a Bachelor fan in recent years. I will say I'm very excited for Paradise. Paradise yeah, has always been my favorite part of the show. Yeah, man. I, I, I will not miss that. I will no. not miss that. Not a week of it. So come I'm back interested. to me after Paradise. Premier okay, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll insert another part yeah, of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very interested to see the David Spade era of Paradise. Same. I'm so excited for that. I, he's so like kooky and weird. I, I also just love that they're bringing completely random like C and D list celebrities to do yeah, this. It's perfect. Like, one time ago, I was relevant. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. But if I, I were if I were in that position, what better way to like get your name back out there to yeah. do something. It's probably so fun. They're probably already fans of the show. I'm I'm into it. Yeah. I mean, like, do you think David Spade was probably like sitting on his couch, gets a DM and I was like, oh shoot. Like, I guess I should, yeah, this makes sense. Maybe, I <laughs> guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like that they brought in celebrities though, instead of uh, like just former bachelor people. I think totally. that's a good move. 
Totally, totally. All right, so let's get into some more serious topics. Yes. <laughs> like we said, it's been one wild year since we've last connected. I feel like personally, I've aged about five years when we first recorded. Uh, we were talking about like how crazy it was that we were cooped up in our apartments for five months. Uh, now, obviously, things have changed. Some things may be even going back to the way they were you know, a year ago. Um, but you've made some massive leaps in starting your own company. We'll dive into it in just a second. Have you taken some time to relax a little bit after all this <laughs> stuff or are you kind of like all gung-ho right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I made the mistake of, so I quit my job and literally the next day started working on my next project. Right. Would not recommend doing that. Take the time you need to decompress. Take the time to mentally create space for yourself you will be better for it. I did not do that. Mm -hmm. Hard learn lesson. I was just too excited. Uh, so after the first season of thinking is cool, I did take a little time, not time off of work, but just time to not work on the show to work mm -hmm. on really whatever I wanted. Um, and it was incredibly beneficial. So no official vacation, but I will say I kind of let myself mentally check out a little bit and uh, it was definitely, definitely worth it. Yeah, I feel like when someone's their own boss, it's hard to say I'm taking vacation when you're bringing work with you because you are the work, right? Like, I feel like that's very difficult to just say like, yep, I'm taking vacation. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little weird. There's also this weird feeling of um, like when, when you are your own boss, you can say like, no one's going to check if I do my work. You know what right. I mean? So some mornings I'm just incredibly distracted and I let myself say, hey, you're just not going to get anything done for the next hour. Instead of staring at your computer, go do something fun, go do something that's going to stimulate you. And then you can come back and work on it. Um, so like trying to to nail that has been a little weird because mm -hmm. I am typically somebody who thrives in a, a deeply structured system. Like I, right. I like structure. I like order. I like people telling me what to do sometimes. Well, maybe not people telling me what to do. I like having something to follow and an order do. of operations to follow. Right. Yeah, right. And I feel like with working from home, like even just in like general corporate America, that was a big hard thing to swallow, like a hard yeah. pill to swallow because like work was ne work never left you. Like, especially when you have an apartment the size of mine, it's, you know, 300 feet total, like your laptop's right there. So it's like, you know, for me, like when I was commuting to work, like when you put your laptop in the backpack, that means work is over. And that was like the hardest thing was like, well, you know, like I am making dinner, but this client emailed me, so might as well answer it. But like, I feel like that too with yours, it's like, well, you know, like I either like do this or I'm sitting on TikTok for an hour and like, there's no, no one telling me not to do it or one way or the other. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I do, I do have those TikTok hours. Like well, I'm, I'm human. Oh, I, <laughs> I might too. be my own boss, but I'm yeah. also still like 26 years old and addicted to my phone, you know, but it's, it's a good point. I mean, it's, it can be really, really difficult to draw those lines when you're working from home. I have started going into, I have like a WeWork all access membership kind of a thing. So it's nice to go in when I, when I want to, and also nice to be at home when I want to, if I need to get a delivery or if I want to do a workout in the middle of the day, I'm a big fan mm. of the midday shower, like things mm. like that, <laughs> that I love about working from home, but to have right. the option to go somewhere else has been really, really fantastic. But also, I mean, the, the, Thing that I, I keep trying to tell myself as I'm building out this business is like because the business never really sleeps when you're starting something new there really aren't that many off days right even including Saturday and Sunday right. I try to carve out space for myself whenever I can like on Sundays when I, we're not publishing episodes I don't look at my phone I don't open slack I don't open Twitter I don't do any of that like that's my day to focus on myself to do what needs to be done to have fun which mm -hmm. is an important part of being a successful entrepreneur is ensuring that your mental health is also taken care of right. so i try to carve out the time when i can you know when we're producing episodes i'm working saturdays and sundays that's kind of just the name of the game if if from 9 to 11 a.m on a random thursday suddenly there are no fires to put out i have my episode ready for the next week i can take the time for myself i take it yeah. like just realize that schedules are a thing of the past in all honesty like my google calendar still rules me but the traditional nine to five work day does not anymore and it feels really really good yeah and you know like some some people may say like that i want to go back to the traditional nine to five and yeah. like have that 5 p.m to 10 p.m and like for me like with this podcast from it's like i do the, the the corporate america job and then tuesday nights tonight like after we finish this episode i'm going to edit this week's episode and, and then you know probably be up till 11 30 12 o'clock but it's like it, you kind of you, you chose this life it's like you, no one told you you had to do a podcast no one told you you had to start your own business so it's like okay, what's going to drive you personally? So for me, that's always been like, I think even like the fun side of this, like I, I am the person that controls this podcast. I can say when it ends and I can say if it keeps going. And like right now, 
no, I did not think, you know, we would have 52 episodes, 53 episodes, but like, here we are. So yeah. it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. I think you, you make a really important point about just finding what gives you purpose. It's not always easy to wake up and do hard things. In fact, it rarely is easy to wake up and do hard things, but if right. those hard things are bringing you a payout that is worth it in some regard, then you can make the decision. I, I think that a lot of people have recognized the freedom in making that decision over the last year, which, um, you know, there, there haven't been a whole lot of silver linings of this mm -hmm. pandemic, but I would argue mm -hmm. that that has been one of them, at least for in sure. my personal experience. For sure. For sure. So we're going to get into everything thinking is cool, but I feel like we can't start there without addressing the obvious, right? Uh, in March of 2021, you did announce that you were leaving the Morning Brew, departing from the Business Casual podcast and going off to start a new venture that had not been announced at the time. What were some of the emotions that you were feeling when you did officially put in your two weeks? Excitement. Really? <laughs> a lot of excitement. I mean, it. I, I often live kind of by the rule of um, you You have a choice in life. You're either running away from something that scares you or you're running towards something that excites you. And a lot of decisions are made on, you know, one of those two <laughs> vectors, right? Those mm. are really the, the things that lead us when we're making big life decisions. And in the case of leaving Morning Brew, while it was sad to leave something that I had built from the ground up, while it was sad to leave a place where I'd spent so much time, you know, with blood, sweat, and tears working at this company, right. the sadness was nothing. It, it paled in comparison to how excited I was about the opportunity that was in front of me to build my own company, to build Thinking is Cool, um, and just to build anything. Again, you know, I, I'm someone who loves that process of building things, that process of looking at a blank piece of paper and figuring out where can we do what, how can we do it? When should we do it? Should we do it at all? Like those are the kinds of conversations that really excite me and drive me. And um, I was just, you know, thrilled at that opportunity more than I was sad to leave something that I did love. You know, I, I loved hosting Business Casual and I love the team that I worked with on Business Casual as well. Um, so it was tough. It was a difficult decision to make, but I think in the long run, it was that excitement that was driving me more than the fear of the unknown. Yeah, and I mean, like, I feel like, anyone starting a new job it can that excitement can usually hopefully is the one that is overpowering the the sadness of leaving or the fear of leaving so that because you're jumping into this new thing you want to try that but kind of going off of of the morning brew stuff like the first episode we talked about uh personal brand and, and building that personal brand and I feel like Kinsey Grant to many people was known as the voice of business casual was known as the person in their airpods every Tuesdays and Thursdays talking about the hottest business topics to make them cooler on those cringeworthy Zoom happy hours. Let's please end those, yeah. right? But like, did, so when you left, I mean, to talk about someone's personal brand, did you feel that maybe a piece of that personal brand did get left with the morning brew at the time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a conscious decision when we started the show at, at Morning Brew, when we started Business Casual, it was a very conscious decision to say that the show is going to be Kinsey and Kinsey is going to be the show. We are mm -hmm. inextricable. Uh, and I think, you know, looking back, perhaps we would have made a different decision now that I am no longer an employee of Morning right. Brew. But it was, it was something I thought about, you know, quite a lot that people knew me for Business Casual. They knew me because I tweeted a lot about Business Casual. And that was what kind of got me the distribution that I felt, you know, that that distribution was essentially what made me feel comfortable enough to leave and start something on my own. And all of that was, you know, not all of it, but I, I would say a good amount of it was because I had branded myself heavily as the business casual host. Right. So the concern was, can the Kinsey Grant brand stand on its own? Can it be strong enough to lead a franchise outside of the umbrella of a larger buzzier business startup. Um, and the answer I think now we know is yes, but at the time I was very concerned about it. I, I was scared that no one was going to follow me. I was scared that nobody was going to listen to the show. Um, and then, you know, at a certain point I had to think to myself, am I doing this because I want the what couple hundred thousand people who have listened to business casual, I want them to follow me to a new show. No, that wasn't the reason I wanted to start my own business. I wanted to do it because I wanted to own something. I wanted it to be wholly, entirely, 100% mine. And business casual was not at the end of the day. It was something that I worked very, very hard to build. But at the end of the day, it was not a product that I could walk away with. This was something that I built, but not something that I owned. And I wanted to have something that I both built and could walk away with at the end of the day and you know, put in my back pocket, whether it was a success, success or not, it was an experience that I was really craving. Um, and that's why I 
I did it, but it was a concern for sure. And I think it's, it's a natural concern to wonder when you're kind of like a, I hate using this when you're a quote unquote public figure, it's a natural concern to wonder, are people going to go with you when you change into a new era? Like, are they going to follow you into this new line of thinking? Are they going to follow you into this new version of yourself? Because people change all the time. We expect our friends, our families, our siblings, our coworkers, even we expect them to change but rarely do we offer that grace to public figures. We expect them to be the same person they were when we became a fan. And right. that's just not how people work. Right. And, and kind of going off that, like, yes, you are a public figure and, and I'll use it if you don't want to use it. <laughs> like going like, you know, you're like, we're not talking like millions upon millions of followers. Right. And like, yeah. that's kind of that public figure that everyone deems like, like you have the blue check mark, but you know, like it's just, it, like these statistics is that's what kind of like, grinds my gears about these like public figures because I think anyone with a following doesn't matter how many followers you have can be a public figure to its following right yeah so how did you like decide like I am this is going to be a big enough grounds to stand on as just Kinsey Grant and not just Kinsey Grant a part of the morning brew and the host of business casual I think it was just a recognition that I still had something to say independently of the interviews that I was doing with Business Casual. Mm. Uh, those were deeply personal interviews at times that I often got really you know, open about my own personal life in the interviews. I shared a lot about myself and I love doing that. I, I think that that is why people connect with people on the internet is because we're willing to share more about ourselves than we ever have been, I would argue. But I also knew that I had a lot more. Like I, I have more to say than just, can you answer this question? I have yeah. thoughts of my own. I have ideas of my own. I have opinions of my own. I wanted to get out and do more reporting. I wanted to talk to more people. Uh, and I felt that there, there was something behind that. You know, people were interested in what I had to say with Business Casual. And my hope was that they would continue to be interested in what I had to say on a, a bigger platform, a, a larger scale with Thinking is Cool. Um, and it's been really fun to see that people have, in fact, followed. You know, it's, it's not as big of a show as Business Casual, and I never intended it for it to be. Um, mm. I, I was painfully aware of the fact that the first email or the first episode of business casual got sent to a million people in the morning brew newsletter. Like that right. wasn't going to happen with thinking is cool. And that's okay. Like, right. To your point, small communities are still really important communities. People with small platforms are still people with platforms. There's responsibility in that. There's also a really cool aspect of, of coming close to the people who are your biggest supporters. The people who listen to thinking is cool. Those first couple of episodes were people who were willing to follow me and I will forever be grateful for that. They were willing to give me constructive criticism and to offer me advice and to tell me what they liked and what they didn't like. And that was absolutely invaluable. So um, while it, it was scary, I think the right people came with me and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Yeah. And you bring up a really interesting point about an interview show. Like now that I've done 50 plus of these, like, and I, maybe even like you can remember the first, I'll, I'll admit it. The first episode that we did, I was very much, I was so nervous to do this with you. I was very much question, answer, question, answer. And I was like, okay, like, let's just move on. Cause I don't want to say what my thoughts are because again, like the whole show was, I'm just a normal guy with a lazy eye, but now it's more like, Hey, just because I have a lazy eye, just because I'm not, you know, a blue check mark doesn't mean I can have these types of conversations. So like, for me, as we start to, we started to progress the show, it was like, okay, like input, yeah, put some input into this. Yeah. Like, they're saying some good points and you probably, like, this is me talking to me, like, you probably have something good to say behind it. Like, especially to the listeners, like every one of my listeners, you know, barring maybe someone that checked out their own interview is just a normal person or, you know, a recent college grad living in Boston, living in New York. And so they want to hear like, what did Jared say to Kinsey Grant after he asked that question? So yeah. like, for me, that was the, that's the biggest tipping point with these interview shows is like, okay, don't be afraid to say something to that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I have to say, I really admire the growth that you have, have exhibited, even <laughs> in the, the couple of minutes we've been talking. I think that like, this is a different show. And, and that's, that's the good part about this, right? People grow, people learn, they they become more comfortable doing what they're doing and it shows I think that's incredible that it shows and also like to the to the point of people just being normal folks like everybody is you know what yeah. I mean like the blue check marks the like however many followers you have at the end of the day my hope and perhaps this is like hopeless but my hope is that that is not what defines people it was great to get a blue check mark on Twitter because I could DM people I couldn't DM before. Like that's really <laughs> yes. the only thing in my life that has changed. <laughs> like, right, right. I'm right. still Kinsey and like I I feel really adamantly about that. I'm I don't get recognized. Like I'm no one, you know what I mean? But there is there is responsibility in having a platform of even a couple thousand people, a couple hundred people 
And I hope that people take it seriously, but that's not the only thing that drives them. Like we have so much more to offer than just our online selves. Um, And while that is important, especially over the last year, that's kind of been the only self that we could project onto the world. We are more than that. Right. And like, yeah, you're exactly right. Like I think COVID and and like, I I mean, just society as a whole, like your online presence is everything everyone sees. And that's unfortunately like only the handful of your best friends or even like friends from home that you haven't even seen a lot lately, like a phone call can be really beneficial these days. Like my, my buddy called me today at work and like I sat and chatted with him for 15 minutes. I first said like, Hey dude, I am working for a living. Like I don't, I can't always talk, but I think just like, Hey, I haven't talked to this guy in, in a couple of months. Like he just bought his first house. Like I have to like, you, you want to have those conversations because you don't want to be the, the comment on Instagram. Like yeah. when your buddy gets engaged, you don't want to be the, like the like on, you know, whatever it is. I just think that there's more to that than comments and likes and retweets or, or a check mark to check mark DM. <laughs> yeah, I completely, I completely agree. And I think, you know, when, when we first talked, we talked about personal branding and I think that it, in some ways, my position on personal branding has changed. And I admit that this is because I am now like, I answer to no one essentially, but like myself, right? Like I have the freedom of, of saying whatever I want online. There is right. no company handbook to tell me what to say. Um, I've gotten a lot more comfortable being what I would consider to be more of my full self online. I can speak mm-hmm. a little bit more freely. Um, and I don't have to worry about like, a huge sponsor deal falling through for a bigger startup because I said something online that was like used a curse word, right? Like that's, that's not a risk for me anymore. And so it's given me a lot of freedom to be more myself. Um, And it has shifted my perspective on personal branding as a, a concept. I think for a long time, I, my idea of what personal branding was, was like pick a lane, stick in it. And that's how you get followers. Yeah. But is that why we're online? Like, am I, am I on Twitter? Am I on Instagram so that the number of people who are following me goes up? It's nice when they do, I can send them to my podcast, but I, I don't want that to be all of it, right? Like Mm -hmm. I want this to be a closer look at who I am. So sometimes I even wonder, is the idea of personal branding even a worthwhile idea? Like, why do we have to be brands? Why can't we just be people? Why can't, why can we just be person? Not, not person with a personal brand. Made us into brands and Instagram handles. Kenzie. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that's really it. Like, uh, like people, people, know, people unfortunately know me as at he went to Jared. Yeah. And like, maybe that was a dumb me sophomore year of high school creating that as my Instagram handle. Like, I think yeah, I'm going to stick to it. But <laughs> like, you know, I, I'll never forget. I was like in, in like, I was in a, I was in class senior year of college and like, I don't know, I was already like checked out, but I was like, I just put up a random Instagram story. Like, should I change? Like, is it time to graduate? He went to Jared into a more professional Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. And shockingly, I think only my ex-girlfriend voted yes. Like, I, like I'm dead serious. She's jealous. Like, she's like, yes, you do. <laughs> like, but no, like I, it was, I was shocked. Like, like, I mean, I don't get a lot of poll answers and it was like 500 to like six. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was exponentially like, no, don't change it. It's you. And I was like, okay, that's, that answers yeah. my question. Yeah. But yeah. I guess the, the hope is that it's you, but it, like, it's your name. That's how people recognize you, but it's also, yeah. it's you, it's Jared. Right. It's, it's the person that we know when we have this conversation, you know, right. and, and it's, it's certainly like a, I don't know, a, a lofty goal, right? This is never going to be reality. I still pick the best photos to post on Instagram. I'm not going to like post a selfie when I look like shit, but like <laughs> I, I am am more aware of it I would say mm-hmm. than I used to be you don't mm-hmm. have to curate every part of your life like I can tweet random shit about my life and people are, are into it you know yeah yeah exactly exactly so all right thinking is cool was not drawn up overnight and like you didn't even come out the week after you you didn't you said you were working on it but you didn't say like hey this is what I'm doing mm-hmm. so what were those moments of like unemployment like for you quote unquote unemployment like I don't think of you as someone that would binge watch Bridgerton or even like too hot to handle during these times of unemployment so like what were you up to so I well honestly building thinking is cool behind the scenes the failure of people who are not podcast hosts in recognizing how difficult it is to be a podcast host is just how much time it takes. Like it's not this, this show is not just you sitting down in front of a computer, pressing record and talking to me. Mm -hmm. You also put in a lot of time to plan what you wanted this show to be before you even had an interview. You know, you thought about who your audience was going to be, what your goals were, why you were doing this, like all of these important big questions to ask. And I've spent a lot of time asking those questions. Um, I, I also just allowed myself the freedom to write about whatever I wanted. It was kind of like a, a creative decompression from two and a half years of like 
an onslaught of work. You know, working mm -hmm. for Morning Brew was fun, but it certainly was not easy. Right. Um, I was working crazy hours and and doing a lot of things that were not in my job description. And I was happy to do it, but it was also just exhausting. Like I mm -hmm. needed the time to write about things that were fun, to get back to writing for writing for fun and not writing for a job. Um, and that was really an, an incredibly like formative time for me creatively, trying to think where I wanted this show to go. It was just talking about what I was talking about with my friends and family in a blog, like in a sub stack. Um, and that was really useful for me, but you know, it's also the, the like little things like getting a lawyer and an accountant and like setting up a corporation, right, <laughs> all, right. all of that stuff. That's like not really fun to talk about. Right. Um, but it was about two months from the time that I quit to, uh, the time that we launched the first episode. Yeah. And I guess I, that was a perfect transition to my next question. You know, it was born on May, born in May, 2020. What was the thing that you were looking forward to most on launch day? And then maybe what was the one thing that drew on way longer than you wanted it to? <laughs> oh, gosh, great question. I think the the thing that I was looking forward to most was just getting it out there like getting mm. feedback from people. Yeah. Um, the, the weird part about announcing that I was working on a show, but not releasing it for a couple of weeks was, you know, we wanted to like drum up hype and get yeah. people to, to tell me what they were thinking about all that stuff. Yeah. But like, I was just absolutely rattled like the entire time. <laughs> I was just thinking, what if people hate it? What if people hate it? What if people hate it? And all I wanted to do was just get it out there. And if they hated it, I could pivot and I could figure it out, but I just needed to know. So yeah. I think that's what I was most excited for. Um, the the thing that I was kind of dreading was uh, honestly having my my like close friends and family hear it. I was talking with someone today who is is writing a piece for a rather notable like national publication. Um, and he was saying that he needed some editing help. And he was like, you know, the one person who I'm closest with in the world is the one person I can't ever let edit my stories because it's his wife, because they're the person whose opinion I care about the most. And like, right. you don't want to disappoint the people who you feel closest to. For some reason, it's a lot easier to put out a shitty podcast episode and have like a stranger on the internet tell you it's bad. But if you're, right. your mom and dad are like, hey, Kinsey, we need to have a little conversation. And you're like, oh, I'm so terrified. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was that was probably the hardest part, but luckily, resoundingly positive feedback from uh, the close friends and family. So I would ag I would agree with that so wholeheartedly. Like my biggest, like when I announced I was coming out with the show, I was like, eh, who cares? Like if I lose a couple of followers, like whatever. Like and if people hate it, what? Like you know, hopefully they'll give me feedback and we could pivot the show. But I was like, what is my dad going to think about this? What is my, what am I, what's my brother going to think about this? Is my sister going to even listen to this? Thankfully, I still don't think my dad has figured out how to listen to a podcast. So <laughs> he keeps saying he is going to check out the episodes. I always say, like, I always like, on my daily calls with him, like, you should really check out this week's episode. Like, it's really good because it talks about this, this, and this. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do okay, it. And I was like, okay. he's like, literally on a flight to Cancun right now. I was like, okay, so this is how you download it so that you can listen to it on the plane and then you can hear me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. And I was like, you're definitely not listening to it. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough. I mean, my my family has now gotten to the point. Um, they they are much bigger fans of thinking it's cool. I think because none of them are like particularly business inclined, so oh. they like that I talk about like porn and like entertainment and climate right. and things like they can talk about everything now. Mm -hmm. um, they have this really fun game now where they'll just play the episodes in front of me, which is the most humiliating thing to ever happen. Like when yes. you hit play on an episode out loud, I'm like, Oh my God, please yeah. turn it off. Like my yeah. voice is terrible. How does yeah. anybody listen to this? Yep. You're just preaching to the choir here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty tough. But I can't, I like when people, like people ask me, like, do you listen to your own episodes? And I say, I can't, I can't not if I can help it, not if <laughs> yeah. I can help it. Yeah, no, I mean, like I've already heard it four times around between the editing, the cutting for Instagram and all that stuff. Like I believe me, I'm done with it. <laughs> like, yeah. On yeah. to the next one. Completely agreed. <laughs> Cause I, it's like, you know, I, my biggest fear is like, we're going on a road trip and like someone else is driving. It's like, dude, let's listen to Jared's podcast. I'll, I'll stop, drop and roll. I'm out. I'm out. I'll, I'll walk the rest of the way. Yeah. I'm like I'll, I'll take the $500 Uber. If I have to. <laughs> yeah. But so, uh, what was the, like, you've talked, like you, you mentioned it, you, you, you're talking about things that are very hot topics, right? Your first three episodes, you were talking about porn, barstool and climate change. And you preface thinking is cool with what if we stop to think a little bit harder? And these topics are definitely ones that challenge people to think about and even challenge people to talk about. 
how the heck are you coming up with like let's all right week one we're talking about porn and i don't like this is we're gonna hit with the hard editing questions yeah i mean so you know the the entire impetus for the show is that like we've talked about i am an incredibly online person and Mm -hmm. i i've benefited from that in a lot of ways i have a lot of friends i've made on the internet i have most of my jobs that i've ever had have been because i've been an online person But at the same time, I also recognize the enormous drawbacks of that. I can see in real time, essentially, how people are forming their opinions based on a handful of tweets or Instagram infographics or one viral clip of like fucking Tucker Carlson, you know, like that, that is how people make their opinions these days. And Mm -hmm. to me, what a shame, right? There, the internet has so much to offer us. The world is full of, of riches of information. You know, why, why tap into only one resource or tap into only one school of thought when there's so much more out there and there's so much more to think about. And even if you decide to stick with your, your gut, the original take that you had, at least you know what else people are talking about or what people are thinking about, what other perspectives are. And so that was the, you know, the, the reason I wanted to make the show in the first place is just, in all honesty, a little bit of frustration with the ways that people were forming opinions and the ways that these opinions inform a lot about the world around us. You know, the ways that we vote, the ways that we spend our money, the ways that we interact with one another. Um, those are all really important and they're made like choice by choice. And and that's something I wanted to get at with the show. When it comes to how I landed on the topics I landed on in the first place, the, the beauty is there is no shortage of hot topics to talk about these days. Right. Like everything can be a third rail issue if you want it to be, you know? Yeah. So I I think that the, the challenge has been, uh, you know, less about what are the best topics and more about how do we narrow this list of a hundred great ideas down to 10 episodes. Um, so that's been, that's been the bigger challenge, you know, starting with porn was certainly a choice, <laughs> one that I, I made very consciously, but yeah. I also in, in all honesty, wanted to kind of like prepare people to talk about things that you're not comfortable, like to say yeah. orgasm, to say like erection, like the, right get used to it. You know what I mean? Like these are not bad words. There is no such thing as a bad word, right? Oh, there is. But like on this show, you can say whatever, you can think whatever, you can draw whatever conclusion you want to, you can walk back an opinion when you get more information. Like Mm. these are all things that we give space for in the thinking is cool world. Um, And so that was why I wanted to start with kind of my, you know, like the porn manifesto and then my my endless fight against Dave Portnoy. He's not yeah. fought me back, but I'm sure he will someday. <laughs> that was that was definitely my favorite episode. And I want to jump into that in just a second, but I want to challenge you a little bit because okay. our, our first episode, we talked about how our parents consume the media. And like, to your point on the Tucker Carlson clip, like, yeah, my like my parents will stick to one news network. You know, like, every, every, like parents, you know, whatever. Like it's people will stick to that one news network or way to consume media. And you, mm-hmm. And we talked about, how maybe the Gen Zers, the millennials of today are a little bit diversifying their portfolio of media consumption. However, we're sticking to our following, right? We're sticking to the, the, the 2000 accounts that we follow on Instagram. Those are the people that we're reposting, right? Those are the, the stories that we're reposting. Do you think there is still that hint of like, people are going to repost what the, the, you know, like what they want to hear before having the conversation as a holistic society. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. I mean, we, we create echo chambers for ourselves constantly. It's, it's human nature in some ways, right? Like it's just scaled up on the internet in life, in, in regular interpersonal relationships, we seek people who can confirm what we believe about the world. Like confirmation bias is a real thing. Mm -hmm. We seek people who are similar, similar to us, whether that's upbringing or politics or socioeconomic status or education, we want to find similar. We seek that out online. We definitely do it, but we're also given a lot more than just the people that we would run into on an average everyday life. You know, like we are, we are given viral accounts we are given really whatever we want like tri- right. but what billions and billions of people what two plus billion people use facebook products like we just can scale it up enormously i think with with thinking is cool i've tried to be really aware of the fact that i do exactly that like the people to whom i look for inspiration are all pretty homogenous they have similar backgrounds they talk about similar things so it's been a challenge to try to get myself out of that comfort zone i think 
for me personally, the episode that got me out of that comfort zone the most was the episode I made about political parties because I I realized how difficult it was for me personally to try to seek out conservative viewpoints because everyone I knew was liberal except for my parents. You know, like everyone I knew who I could interview for this show, who I thought could be like a really thoughtful person, you look at their voting record or you look at like their Twitter timeline and you think like Jesus, this is exactly what I think. Like, how do I find someone who thinks differently? I literally had to put like a call to arms on Twitter. Like, who do you know who is openly conservative today, who is willing to talk to somebody who is not? Um, and I, I was kind of struck by that. Right. And it's and it's and it's a very small amount, right? Like, yeah. And, and, and vice versa. Like if someone who's running a, right. a, a conservative podcast says, get me someone who's who's liberal that wants to talk to me. Yeah. Like you might be searching for a long time. And I, like you know, that's maybe the one thing, one of the things that a year from, you know, when we first had this conversation, it hasn't really changed that much, unfortunately. Yeah. And I and I hope that we can make those turns into the right direction and having more open conversations. And I certainly think shows like Thinking is Cool is opening to that, right? Like, like who would have thought, I mean, even on something as simple as Barstool Sports. And what I mean by simple is like, it's a media company, you, you, like you like it or you don't. You, you know, th- th- like that has its polar opposite sides too. Like people either love it or they don't and they will preach to the day that they die why they hate it or why they love it. And so it's just so interesting to me that it's something as simple as an Instagram handle that was once a, just a, a, a gambling newspaper in the city of Boston has people up in arms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of the nature of the beast, right? Like with the internet, <laughs> I have found myself often pondering this question, especially over the last year, like net good or net bad, it's hard to say in all honesty, but yeah. I want to, to try. And, and this is like, I'm on a soapbox. Let me just go put for it, it out there. Right. Like, podcast, but, <laughs> but like my, my hope is that people can see that it's not always start crying, like get really mad, throw something across the room. Like you can disagree with people in a, a well-meaning way, right? Like you can you can disagree with people whom you really respect. And, and sometimes there are issues where you have to draw a line and say like, I'm not going to talk about this with you anymore. You're clearly not interested in participating in a, a fruitful conversation, a thoughtful conversation. But that's not always the case. Sometimes we can have these thoughtful conversations. We can still disagree and we can be better off for it. Like you don't have to hate everybody you disagree with. You can just disagree with them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to, to kind of like model that in the show and explain how I reach the conclusions that I reach when I, when I say something like Dave Portnoy is a danger to society. <laughs> like here's, here's why I think that. Here's the right. evidence that I have. But here's also right. why somebody might completely disagree with me. Right. Exactly. And, and that's, I think that's the beauty of the episodes that you put out is like, here's both sides, period. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say like my side, I'm going to sit here and tell both sides. I do want to ask though, you know, like Kinsey, you know, a lot about business, you know, how to have difficult conversations with people. You've had those difficult conversations with people you've interviewed and so on and so forth. And you're having these incredible topics about it on thinking is cool. Is there a topic though, right now that Kinsey Grant needs answers to and has a lot of questions about and doesn't know how to talk about this yes um <laughs> or a couple <laughs> so the 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 issue with this one that i keep running into is that it's just too vast like perhaps it's more of a theme of an entire season than it is a, a specific singular episode mm-hmm. but i have a lot of really strong feelings about late stage capitalism uh, and the question of has capitalism gone too far and i feel like every conversation I have, it seeps into somehow this conversation about capitalism. I want to, I want to be challenged on it. Like I I want to feel something about this because I have this deep, like insidious fear that I am a product of consumerism and not the other way around. And I think a lot of people have probably felt that too. Like I look at my apartment right now and I think about how many things I bought because the internet told me to, not because I need them. And I, I, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, God, like what's the point of living? You know, it like sends me into an existential tailspin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love to to make an episode or or maybe even a series about it and try to to like get people's honest perspectives. Like, is there a better way? I don't know. I truly do not know. I know that a lot of people have a lot of big ideas, but it's just it's it leaves me like dumbfounded every time I try to think about capitalism as a, a concept. Yeah, it's it is certainly a topic that is tough is a tough pill to swallow, right? And I think it, a lot of people have a lot of different 
ideas of it or even about it, right? Like, what would how how would you start that process? How would you start that? Like, okay, like next week we're going to talk about capitalism. Here's my roadmap. Here's how I want to start this episode. So I I got a little taste of it in a conversation with my father a couple of months ago. I kind of made like an offhanded comment about like death to capitalism, like kind of like stirring the pot a little bit, you know, yeah. like I don't really mean it. Wine at dinner, yeah, who knows yeah, what I mean. You know. right. um, and my, my dad was like, I, I can't believe you would say that you've benefited so much from this system. And he's right. He absolutely is a hundred percent right. And I was kind of forced to, to recognize that it's a lot more nuanced than perhaps our kind of broad scale comments that we youngsters make on the internet all the time. Um, a lot of people have benefited from this system and like, I certainly am one of them. And how can I explain what my biggest gripes are with something that has benefited me so enormously to somebody who has been sold this idea that this is a good system, right? Like we in America, especially are sold the idea that like you can have the American dream. You can pick yourself up by your bootstraps. And if you just work 10 more hours a week, you'll be a millionaire too. You'll be a billionaire too because capitalism. And that's not how it works. Like that's just not reality, but we've all bought into this idea in such a, a monumentally meaningful way how do you walk it back? I'm not really sure. But I think that would be how I would start the conversation is just forcing people to realize like, we've been force fed this idea that capitalism is good from such a young age, we hold on to it because it's part of the American dream. And we want to have these belief systems that bring us all together that feel universal. But does it really work? Like, what has capitalism done for you? What is it? What has it done to harm you? Like, how how can we be a little bit more honest in terms of taking stock for our own selves? That would probably be how I'd encourage people to start thinking about the issue. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to start. <laughs> no, and and it's it's like going back to the earlier point. Like, it's really broad of a topic to start. But I in like one thing that I've just been so amazed by your episodes is drilling that down into under an hour of an episode. Like how, like maybe capitalism isn't the perfect example to talk about this for, because probably like to your point, it might have to be a full season, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you take a topic like climate change that people have been talking about for decades and drill it down into here are the important things. And I'm going to talk about it for an hour. And then we can discuss on the, you know, on Instagram, on Twitter, et cetera, like continue the conversation. That's the whole point of this show. Mm-hmm. But how do we drill it down into these are the 55 minutes I want you to listen to? In my view, it's getting comfortable with the fact that you're never going to be able to speak to every single facet of an issue as complicated as climate change or or any issue, right? right? Like there's always going to be another side to the story. There's always going to be, okay, but what if? And you have to get comfortable with that and you have to get your listeners comfortable with that too. Like here's what I'm going to talk about in today's episode. Here's what I think is important, but also recognize that this is not the only important part of this conversation. Go think about what your important part is. Go talk to somebody about it. Go research, go vote, go do whatever, right? But here's what I'm going to pick. Here's how I have zeroed in on this one specific issue and why I think it's so important. And just getting comfortable being like as incredibly specific as possible, being really, really narrow. Um, because if you don't, it's like you, like I said, like I just did with t- with capitalism, right? Like I, I get myself into a lather and suddenly you don't make any sense because you right. have so much going through your head. If you can get really specific, if you can just really like put your blinders on and focus on just one thing, that's how you get to um, the, the ability to, to make a point, to have something to say, to have a conclusion to draw. That's even the thing that I'm like struggling with with some some interviews. Like this person has this incredible story. I know so much of, or like I know about it. I've researched about it. There's so much about this person online. How do I drill it down into an hour, an hour and a half, and beg that they have that extra thirty minutes too? Sometimes, <laughs> like because like you know, like when then I think about like, well, you can't ask this question without asking this. Well, you can't talk about this without even mentioning this, this, and this. Like that, that for me is like then the roadmap goes everywhere and you're like well crap I like I need a more like this you know one leading into the other yeah it's it's really hard and and I think it's one of the um you know one of the the biggest difficulties of like modern journalism in the digital era is that people expect to get all of the answers in a piece and that's just not how it works like Mm -hmm. 
you have to have a robust and and complete media diet to understand every aspect of an issue. And you're never going to get that from a thousand word piece. And let's be honest, you don't want to read more than a thousand words. Right? Like You have to be realistic about that. No, society, like we've talked about this with TikTok creators. We've talked about this with, with I mean, like everyone, like it's society today. You have half a second to get someone's attention. Yeah. They're already on to the next thing. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like I, I, like I used to be so good at opening or um, closing. This is so stupid. This is like closing my apps on my phone. But now I'm going through so many that I forget to close. Like that's how like I'm just onto the next thing, onto the next thing. It's so yeah. stupid, but it's so like. Well, we're, so we're easily distracted. Like we are constantly inundated with stimuli. How could we not be like this, you know? And that hour of TikTok doesn't turn into an hour. No, it just, like yeah, yeah. And it does not help us in any way. I'm always like. Yeah. scrolling mindlessly like my eye I'm just like it's, half asleep yeah. you're yeah. like no like I've I've caught myself like the same TikTok has played five times and I'm like oh yeah I gotta I'm like it. shit the, the algorithm's gonna think that I liked this video <laughs> of like ASMR oh my god yeah it's always the weirdest video that yeah. you get sleeping on but anyway yeah. <laughs> when we chatted last one thing that you wanted to get back to doing flexing a muscle that you've also been working on was writing more do, like, uh, do you think now that with thinking is cool, like you're back to those roots? Yes, and, I definitely. Am. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it was a simple yes or no question for sure. And but I guess the follow up there is, how would you define then the Kinsey Grant style of writing? Yeah, I think that my you know, getting getting back to writing has not necessarily been easy. Like the the lesson that I have taken away from this process of trying to write for fun again, because writing is still my job. Like it's still a huge part of my job and I don't want my only writing to be what I do to get paid. Like I want it to be something that I do to feel creatively fulfilled um, or to, to, for catharsis. Like that's how I deal with a lot of emotional issues, just like writing about them, you know? Um, So it was, it was difficult to draw the lines between those two and they often blur. I'm okay with that. I feel comfortable with that. Um, But I will say that being given the freedom to pick whatever I want to talk about has encouraged me, whether consciously or subconsciously, to kind of like write about whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten a lot better at like when an idea hits me and this, I don't know, this probably isn't recommended by like productivity experts, but like if an idea hits me while I'm in the middle of another project, if I can, I put that on hold and I'm like, let me just jot down some ideas. If it takes 10 minutes of my time and then I can come back to it later, that's a 10 minute period that's like really, really useful. And I did that the other day. I forgot what I was even writing about. It was like, oh, it was, it was about reader emails, like the, the emotional labor of like, anyway, it was something, an idea hit me. I all of a sudden had this, this brilliant idea. And I had a sentence pop into my head within 20 minutes. That sentence was, I'm not kidding, like 600 words. (laughs) If it flows, let it flow, let it happen. And you can go back and it can be terrible. Like terrible, terrible piece, or it could be something that's really cool. Something that maybe gives you an idea to write something else. Like that has been my style, almost stream of consciousness. And then you take the stream of consciousness pieces and you say, can any of this work? And you save all of it, right? Like, even if it's garbage, save it. It's going to be worth something someday, whether that's a good laugh or a really great idea for your first book. Like it could be worth something, save everything. Yeah. And, and like, to that point, like, I don't think that's a dumb idea at all. Like dropping something to write something else. Cause that idea pops into your head because like, for me, I used to have such a good memory. Like someone would tell me something and I would remember it like that. Now I, I don't know if it's cause like I'm, I'm falling apart or like, it's like how like social media has made me like with a short attention span. But like, I, like someone will say something to me in the morning. I've already forgotten about it by noon. Yeah. Like that's, and that's bad. So like write it down you know, open that extra tab on your, on your browser so that you like, you know, like I have to, like, I just bought a new car. So like, and I still have to register it. And that email is still in my, like in my Google Chrome's tabs of 30 right now to make sure that I get to that. Because yeah. if I don't, someone's coming to refill the car. So yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like okay, that's an important get, one. <laughs> yeah. That's an important thing to go to. So like, you know, maybe they'll have LinkedIn open right next to it and have to scroll through that for 20 minutes. So yeah, it's, it's like, I think like, if you have an idea, run with it, do it and go, like, go for it. Yeah, I'm also, and and perhaps this is, you know, because I'm a podcast host by trade, but I'm a big fan of the notes app or the the voice memo app, mm-hmm. um, doing a quick recording. And often those recordings, these like random musings I literally have as I'm falling asleep, they've made it into episodes of the podcast before, which I think is pretty cool. Like these ideas can be worth something. Just put everything somewhere, like whether it's the notes app, whether it's your voice memo, whether it's like a random piece of paper, whether it's a tab, just keep track of what you can you never know what what it might produce. Exactly, exactly. So 
season two of the show is coming out in a couple of weeks. You're working on it right now. What are some of the biggest lessons that you're taking away from season one and implementing it into season two? I think the biggest lesson is just that people like creativity, like the willingness to try new things is always going to be incredibly valuable in my line of work. Um, there, you know, is, is this, you know, perhaps two schools of thought, right? Like the idea that people like something that is consistent, they like tradition, they like the the known, but at the same time, I think that you can take the, the good aspects of, of consistency and apply that to quality. Like, the consistency in thinking is cool is that you're always going to get a quality episode. You're always going to walk away with something that you didn't think about before or, or fodder to have a conversation with someone. That's the consistency. Everything else is on the table episode to episode. Like I can interview random people. I can try new formats. I can get really creative. I can like sing into my microphone for all I care. Right. Like I can do things that don't feel normal and it can still be a consistently good show. Um, mm. So that would be the biggest lesson, I think. But, you know, also just I've had the benefit of a couple of weeks to just take the time to step back and say, like, what do I like doing about this show? What's worth my time and what's not? Um, and that's been incredibly beneficial. Have a couple of changes coming down line because of those conversations and like honest accounting of my time mm. and my effort. Um, so that's been been great. But I'm excited to just like talk about cool shit and like get people riled up a little bit get people inspired. That's awesome. Like the fact that that's my job is crazy. Right. It, it is truly bananas that I get to do this for a living, like have fun conversations for a living. And I'm really grateful for that. So just taking that into season two is, is important. And should we expect, uh, you know, someone who's been a veteran of interviewing some of business's biggest names, some of the business's most controversial names, even too, like, should we expect some more guests in the coming seasons? Yeah, definitely going to be guests. Um, you know, with, with thinking is cool, there's kind of the dual approach with guest booking. Like I right. want the experts, but I also want like everyday people. Like we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, yeah. everyday people who don't yeah. have a blue check mark still have something important to say. So I've kind of tried to straddle the line of like, who are the experts who you would he- know, like you hear their name and you know who they are, but also who are just cool, normal people who I'm friends with, who I think would have something thoughtful to say. Uh, so I will definitely have more of both. In the coming season, I would say like in general, just more voices is my plan right now. Well, if you ever need another voice, you have my Google calendar, you know, where I'm, where I'm busy and when I'm not. So perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That's me openly saying I'm always well, or I'm always able to come on if you need me to. (laughs) I appreciate the offer. Thank you. I love it. Um, So you talked a little bit about it, like as a media company, consistency is certainly uh, like getting in and staying in front of your audience is very important. And I think like, we've seen that with the giant media moguls of Barstool of, you know, like any podcast, even so too, like is always like saying like e- episodes every week. And like, I've, I've felt under that too. Like every Tuesday night, I get like really anxious around like 10 30, 11 30 at night. If it doesn't come out at midnight, like I just feel like I've failed myself. Right. Like it's like, Oh no. Like I told my listeners that I would come out on an episode on Wednesday. It's coming out like a Wednesday at like, 1am as opposed to midnight but whatever like kind of going off that though like just that like mental battle you have with yourself like do you like where was your mental health at like with like here's this brand new media company that I'm starting I have to make sure that these 10 episodes are hitting the nail on the head and this is going to grow this business I think the the biggest learning has just been to choose your battles. Mm-hmm. You're never going to knock everything out of the park. And I think recognizing that has been like a monumental shift in my perspective on what I do for a living and also just like life in general. I had to be- get really good at prioritizing the tasks in front of me. And to me, my priority was always the content. Like I always wanted the episodes to be the best part of this show. When they came out, people don't really care. You know, like if the newsletter came out at a different time this week, people don't really care. If the ad read was a little different than usual, like no one's going to (laughs) notice, but people are going to notice if the content is good or not. And like, that's what I'm good at. That's what I know I'm good at. That's what I'm going to focus on. Um, and, and recognizing that a lot of things are out of your control. Like there are always going to be unforeseen circumstances. There are always going to be hurdles thrown in your way and you have to get comfortable saying like, all right, this one I can jump over this one. I can't how, who can I call to help me? Can I do this myself? Do I need to enlist help to do it? Is this even something I need to get through right now? Like, can this wait for another time? Getting really comfortable making those priorities and like saying I'm not going to do 100% on everything all the time and I'm okay with that has been really, really good for for me personally, just because, you know, I'm like 
I'm a perfectionist. I'm someone who likes to do a good job. Like who doesn't, right? Like I like praise. I like when people tell me that this was an A plus job. Um, I was very serious about my schoolwork. Like right. it's, it's bled into my professional life too. It's, it's not what drives people to be a fan or not be a fan. Like it's, it's not what drives people to be inspired by your show, whether or not you get it out at the same time every week or, or whether or not the title's a little different this week than it was last week. Like they, they don't care. You know, like we care so much more than they do. And yeah. that has been a, an important perspective shift. That's, that's the thing. Like, it's like, well, this is my, this is my passion project. This is my podcast. Like I want to do it my way. And like, when it doesn't go my way, I'm like, crap, like this, this is like detrimental and like, this sucks. And I think like you brought an interesting point up, like, you know, not having to do everything all the time at hundred percent is, is eye opening Cause I think like as a, as someone who does like to get straight A's or someone that did like, that was an athlete and always wanted to be first, like what, whatever your thing was like having to change that a little bit is, is, is interesting. And I don't think all of society is there yet in terms of like, you always like, you know, we have people in, in the media world that say like, you have to give everything you got to everything that you do. Yeah. And it's like, that's not really healthy. <laughs> no, it's not. And I would like to say like a big hearty F you to all those people because <laughs> I, I was a product of that. Like when I entered the real world, when I entered the workforce, my expectation was the more hours I worked, the better my life was going to be when I'm 50. That is not how life really works. Like you cannot have it all, all of the time. You can have it all some of the time. You can have everything going on with work and your personal life can be in shambles. You can have a really good day, like mentally, personally, physically, and then you weren't productive at all on your to-do list for work. And that's okay. Like that that's how life should be if you ask me and i think we've been sold this idea that you can have it all all of the time and it's just not true like there's nothing that working one more hour at the end of the day is going to do to ensure that when you're 50 you look back and you say wow i'm so glad i worked that extra hour like you're going to look back and say wow i'm so glad that i prioritized what i needed to at that time which was my mental health my physical health my relationships like that's what we're going to look back on i i feel that in my bones and i just hate that like for so many years, I wasted my time saying I had to be the first one in at Morning Brew and I had to be the last one to leave. Like that meant nothing, you know, like right. I, today I'm a lot more, and perhaps it's because I'm my own, my own boss, but it'll right. be a Friday, at like 3 PM. I'll message the team and be like, I'm not doing anything for the rest of the day. If you guys want to, you can, I accomplished what I needed to accomplish this week. I'm just going to stare at a computer. If I, if I stay here, why not go like have a drink with my friends or like go for a walk. Like, there's so many better things to do with our time. And I think like, like the whole, like, it'll get better when you're 50. You're like, that's a long time from now. Like, that means that's like 30 years of just self-destruction. Like, yeah. And for that. what? Like, yeah. for what for, is always like, my question. For a couple of stock options. Like, I mean, yeah. come on, like, really, really, yeah. really, what is it about? Like, I had, I had a really interesting conversation with someone recently. Um, and it was for like a, a follow-up for the porn episode. And we got to talking about the idea of pleasure in American culture that like, the only times we allow ourselves to pursue pleasure is when it's a reward for something else. Like you can have a hamburger if you ate really well the rest of the day, or like you can watch an episode of TV if you do X, Y, Z thing on your to-do list. And, and in some cases that works, right? Like, yeah. but that shouldn't be the only reason to seek out things that make us feel good. Like pleasure in and itself is, is something to pursue and, and that's okay to pursue it. And we have this really twisted interpretation of like why we do the things that we do that feel good. And I think that like, you know, we're, we're not going to look back and be like, shit, I can't believe I took an early Friday when I shouldn't have when we're old. Like that, I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm and not... maybe, maybe I'm wrong. If anybody out there who's 50 wants to tell me I'm wrong, I'm open to any perspective. <laughs> well, all the, all, like all the 50 year olds were, are the ones that were also raised on this. Like you have to work for it, I think too. So like right now they're telling us like, if you want to be where I am, you got to do the same thing. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I think we don't. <laughs> I, I mean, think we I, don't either. I'm like, I'm very happy right now. Like my, my room's a mess behind me. That's why I have the blurred zoom right now. <laughs> But like, so like going back to your thing, I'm like, you know, maybe the personal life right now is a little bit in shambles. Like, and if right now, if it's just my room that's in shambles, I'm going to live with that. Like I can, I can, I can go to bed at night and be okay. But like, you know, podcast is great. Work is really good. Like I'm happy. And like that process was fun. Yeah. And like, you know, one, you know, maybe, you know, on a Friday or on a Saturday, I'll clean my room. But like, yeah, and I think it's like celebrate the wins too. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're so 
quick to say, okay, I accomplished something. What's the next thing I have to accomplish? Like it's the to-do Take list. Take a minute. Thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what? Even if you don't clean your room, like you, you recorded a great podcast tonight. Like that's a win. Like Boom. live in it. Let it soak in. Let like write down how you feel about it. Like that is so much more important to me. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, in, in the startup culture and maybe even in like the social media culture, there's this stigma that you can't slow down and then like take breaks. I think today we've kind of done that. What's like, I, this is kind of a dumb question, but like, what's the, what's the first break that you took? And you're like, like this, this, like going back to the vacation, like, was it the Montauk trip or was like, how did you know, like, this was the break that I'm taking from this job for a hot second? Oh yeah. Well, unfortunately Montauk was not, not restful. (laughs) I'm still, I'm still on the restful vacation, but I I think that like for me personally, it was taking the time to, to like, and this, this sounds really like woo woo, but taking the time to deconstruct all of my personal values that I had applied to myself as at the time, like a 26 year old woman who just quit her job what did I value at that time? And also I have to admit, like part of this is because it was still the thick of the pandemic. Like it didn't really have a lot going on other than work, but I took the time to deconstruct what I consider to be my value system. And I realized that like, none of this is going to make me happy at the end of the day, the, the extra hours of work, the, you know, good job or, or lack of thereof from like the CEO of the company is that really going to make me happy in the long run? I'm not so sure. And I started to to really pick apart the ways that I defined myself. And I found, unfortunately, at the time that a lot of the ways I defined myself was, was through what I did for a living. Like what I got paid to do was all that I brought to the table. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that, you're like, oh my God, like I, I know in my in my soul, in my heart that I am more than that. But how do I make my life reflect that? Like how can I cultivate the parts of me that are not what I do for work? How can I cultivate the parts of of me that are not like my Twitter personality? Mm -hmm. And so I focused on that a lot. And I think that 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 like couple of months of growth personally has really, really impacted what I do professionally too. Like I'm a lot better at my craft because I feel a lot more secure in who I am. And I feel a lot more like ready to take on the world. And that was to me like better than a vacation, better than taking the time off. Like that was incredibly formative for me. And it, not to say it wasn't painful, like right. growth is painful. It, yeah. it always has been and it always should be, but the process is so worth it in the end. Yeah, like you bring up such an interesting point because I think like this podcast is my break, right? From the professional world. Like I I remember it, like when I first got promoted into this sales role, I was like a very nervous person talking to people. And I was like, this is not Jared. Like I've never been nervous talking one-on-one with somebody, talking to a hundred people. Like that's just not me. But for some reason, there's this mental block in me that's like, like you you can't do this the person on the other side of the zoom is way more educated than you and will rip you to shreds right but then I was like I start this podcast my first guest was Kinsey Grant she's way smarter than me and then like yeah the first couple the first you know maybe 10 episodes were rough maybe the first 20 episodes were rough whatever you want to say they were whatever I don't care but like as I started to grow in this I was seeing that in my professional life the Leo, you know, I started having a little bit more open conversations. I did start to realize this person puts on their pants the same way that I do every morning. Like it's just a person at the end of the day. And like, we can still have these types of conversation. Yeah. And, and we're all multidimensional. Like I yeah. think to, to define ourselves by any one aspect of who we are is useless. Like you can be more than one thing at one time. You can be whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I sound like a, an inspirational poster, but like it's, it's true. And we'll, we'll cut I, that clip with like a rainbow. You can yeah, be like I'm like an eagle soaring through the air, <laughs> but it's true. Like it's, yeah. it's been such a freeing recognition for me. And, and like, I, I also recognize there's enormous privilege in like where I am in life. I, I had the ability to quit my job. I had the ability to like essentially do whatever the hell I wanted for a couple of weeks. You're and a lot of people to put in their two weeks. Today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like I, it, it was incredibly transformative for me. So if, if you are in the position to consider it and you don't have to quit your job, right? Like if you're right. in the position to consider taking stock of who you are as a person, and I think we probably all are do it. Yeah. It might hurt a little, but it'll be worth it. Exactly. I, I love the, I love the, like, if there's anything that COVID has taught us, it's like, do the side puzzle, do the passion project. Like you yeah. have, you have the extra time, do it. I mean, yeah. 
make time for it. So, all right. I have a couple hard hitting questions to end okay. this with. Okay. And I know we've had a lot of fun and I hope this doesn't like deter this friendship that we've had, but, and like, they're not, they're not, trust me, I'm not going to ask ridiculous here, but why we'll start with why is thinking is cool. Not just another media company. We are not just another media company because the product is not a, a sellable media asset. You know, like we have ads, we make money. I need to pay my bill somehow. But the goal for me is not to do that. The goal for me is to create a community of people who feel comfortable having hard conversations. And I think that that's pretty unique. Like we have a pretty robust Slack community right now after just one season of like a couple hundred people who are actively sharing ideas with one another. And that's rare. That's something that is is really cool. Um, so I think that's probably what sets us apart most. I, I also would just say like authenticity. And I know that that is such a commodified word, but this is an incredibly authentic representation of who I am in my personal life, what I'm doing in my professional life is, I mean. So like that that should should mean something, I think. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily playing a character when I get in front of a microphone or when I write a script. Like this is my unfiltered thought process and and a couple of interviews along the way um so i hope that the authenticity sets us apart as well authenticity has been a running theme with almost almost every single interview we've done and that but it's it's accurate right like if you're not authentic you're not going to be in the position that you are today so yeah yeah Yeah. and and there's like increasingly it feels like every day more of a reckoning against these contrived media personalities whether that's instagram influencers or like cnn people are getting tired of the bullshit. You know, like we, we want something that's real. So um, my hope is to, to try to be that as much as possible. Absolutely. All right. Next one. Um, if we were to record another episode, say do a part three a year from now, and I were to come back and ask you, how's business? How are things going? The first question that I asked you, how, how have you been? Well, how do you want to answer that question a year from now? I want to say I am living my best life. I am fulfilled personally, professionally, creatively and financially there we go wow boom Duh, leave it there <laughs> just drop the mic I love that all right and I, I you know we asked you this on our first episode we've asked every single guest this question your answer to your autobiography and the title of your autobiography if you were to write it today was going to be let's get into it hmm. that being said has that title changed and if so why Definitely it has changed because that's not my tagline anymore. Right. That was my old tagline. Um, but the new one is like, take it anywhere. But I, I don't even think it would be that. I think it would be like making it up as I go along. <laughs> I think that might be it. Like that's what came to mind first. This is an open um, title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe my family is, uh, we're, we're big believers in like rules of life. And we always say the first rule of life is don't panic. So maybe that would be it, like learning not to panic, you know? <laughs> okay. I mean, that's the perfect example of what you've been going through for the past, yeah. for the past year. Exactly. You'll figure it out. You'll always figure it out. Make it up as you go along. <laughs> Just keep chugging along. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Kinsey, this has been an absolute blast. Great to have you back on. I hope this round was maybe better than the last and we've had a little bit better conversation, but I appreciate you coming on continuing to share your story and I wish you absolutely nothing but the best with everything that you got going on. Thank you so much, Jared. I appreciate it. I appreciate you asking such thoughtful questions and yes, that you're a superstar. This was awesome. I, I no, really, I'm not, really I'm not paying it. you. I'm not paying no. you. <laughs> Wait, uh, I thought I could invoice you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right, my PayPal is no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you soon. So a big thank you to Kinsey Grant for coming back on the show and sharing all about her new journey with Thinking is Cool. I'm going to be sure to leave all things Kinsey and all things Thinking is Cool uh, in the description of this week's podcast. I invite you guys to go check it out. I I can't say enough good things about Kinsey. Uh, it's incredible to see what 52 weeks can do. And, and honestly, the growth that she has had and and exploring this brand new company and doing everything that she's doing all while being the incredible person that she is props to her. Um, in fact, all while we shot this interview and I posted it this week, she's already helped create another company. So Kinsey is unstoppable and she's continuing to do amazing things. Uh, that does it for this week's episode. 
Normal Guy Lazy Eye has some pretty big news coming next week. Some big changes coming to the show. I'm super excited to share that with you guys. Uh, if you continue to show the support for the podcast, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Normal Guy Lazy Eye. You can get some good clips from all the interviews that we've done on the show. But that does it for all of my shameless plugs. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. And I'll see you guys then.